This is an unusual one in some ways. It's a, it's ongoing and B, I am a grown man. One night, about two weeks ago, I was walking home from the supermarket around the corner when I heard something hustling up behind me. Hey neighbor, what you got going on tonight? I turned around and realized I'd never seen this person before. As if to reassure me, he pointed just ahead at the building he lived in, about half a block from mine, and I thought for a moment that I must have met him before, but... So I felt embarrassed and responded. I told him that I just picked up a few things I needed to make dinner and some beers and was going to head home and watch a baseball game. We chatted for a few minutes, but it was awkward and I was relieved to get away. From that point on, it went from never having seen him to having him appear on the sidewalk in front of my apartment almost every night. I smoke sparringly, one in the morning, one after lunch, and one before bed. I'd never seen him during the day, but for the last couple of weeks, every time I stepped out of sight for my last cigarette of the day, he appeared within a couple of minutes. There is not a direct line of sight from the front of this building to mine, and I don't go out at the same time every night, so it almost seems he's watching me from somewhere else. The conversation, if you can call it that as he mostly talks at me, has also gotten unnerving. From the big small talk to the violent rants about his ex-wife and his boss. Just weird, as I've lived in this building for almost four years now, and he's been right down the block all this time, according to him at least, but I'd never seen him before, if nothing else. Maybe this will finally get me to quit smoking altogether. I just found this up and was looking through some of the posts and thought you guys here might have a healthy appreciation for this strange story I was told by some hoppy children in NE, Arizona. Basically, the short version of the story is that my grandma had been living with the hoppy for a few years and so when my family went to visit her, we went to the hoppy reservation with her. I was probably 10 years old at this point. So, me and my little brother were told to go play with the other kids, and so they played with us and showed us around. We did this for a while until sunset, when some of them started saying that we needed to go inside as to what the guy who takes children. He probably had some specific name, but I don't remember it, so I apologize. But anyways, being rather skeptical, I asked them what they meant. I assumed that it was some old wives' tale meant to scare the children inside, but they ended up describing a guy with like a hook for a hand or something who came and took children into the night. And talking about all the specific instances of the children they knew who had been taken, they had this air to them that when they told the story that no other playground rumor has matched as they all seemingly had experience with it or seen it, were new people who had gone missing because of it. 
this reservation is pretty much in the middle of nowhere too so it especially unnerved me it's possible they could have been having fun at my expense but if they were they really did a great job at not breaking character also if they were lying, I feel like they would have been actively trying to scare me, but they seemed pretty nonchalant about it. Presumably, if this thing takes children and disappears, then it's real, and not just a trafficker or something. It could also take waywards, travelers, or hikers, so maybe it's a possible explanation. Anyways, thanks for reading, and I hope this fits the sub. My friend Sam Tate has been missing for over three weeks. His whole town is missing and no one will believe me. I don't post on Reddit, but I'm desperate and posting everywhere I can as I need help finding him. Before you write me off as a crazy person, please let me explain. I met Sam at the University of Wyoming. He was from a tiny dying town called Bisson Rock. Sam had made it out the self-described crap hole on the scholarship, the first college boy in his family. The coal mining from times past had long left any opportunity it was elsewhere. Sam told me there couldn't be more than 150 people left in the town and almost all were collecting social security, so he couldn't escape fast enough. The guy was smart, charming, and could have been able to get a better life after school. I remember one day he had a spring in his step, so I asked him what was up. Sam told me his town, the whole town, was bought by some fancy company called the Rio Nut Castorium. Sam said they specialize in deep earth mining and exvacation. I didn't understand why he would be excited about this, and he just shook his head and smiled. Sam told me I didn't come from a dying town. Drugs, suicide, depression, was all that was there. This mean jobs, this would mean a new life for his friends and family. I was taken aback at the concept and admitted I didn't understand, so I was just glad he was happy. By the time we graduated, Sam had taken a job with Relnut. He joked how he did everything to escape his home and here he was going right back. I asked if that's what he really wanted and there was a pain in his eyes. He told me about his dad and his health issues. I think Sam really wanted to never return but he just couldn't pull himself away. Sam moved back to Bison Rock after school and I moved to Chiang. We kept in touch for a while before we drifted as so many college friends do. He told me how the town was not revitalized as he had hoped. Ronut employees now outnumbered the town's residents several times over, and they kept to their corporate housing and hastily constructed refab buildings. Expected mining jobs didn't pan out, and so the townsfolk were beginning to fret. He didn't talk much about his job. In passing, there were many comments on projects involving digging deeper than anyone could imagine, but even if he had explained it, it would have been over my head. Sam mostly spoke about living with his aligning father and 
I got to complain about having to move back in with my parents. Sam and I began to speak less and less as time went on. I had a new job myself and figured he was just putting his head down and working hard. I'd all changed about two months back. Sam posted this message on Facebook. I only have screenshots. I didn't think much of this post initially as it just seemed like any generic post, but I can assure you things change as time went on. I need your help. The rest of his posts are cryptic, literally. I can't understand what he wrote or why. Here's what I do know. There has been no post since. His page has disappeared entirely from Facebook. I've called his cell a hundred times and it just goes to voicemail. There's been something inside me, a gut feeling, that something is wrong. I couldn't sleep. It was gawning at me. To try to maintain some semblance of sanity, I decided to just drive up to Buffalo Rock. Every hour in the car, I shook my head that I was being a paranoid idiot. I would get there and he'd look at me like the crazy person I was. I'd never been to the town before and my GPS got confused several times as the empty country just went on and on. There was one main road in and out of the town it seemed. As I got within a few miles of my destination, I was stopped at the checkpoint. Heavily armed men in masks and black trucks had blocked the road. I tried to explain I was trying to see Sam, but they forcefully turned me back. My stomach sank, an icy chill took over on my way back. I stopped in the next town sheriff's office to ask what was going on. The sheriff just shrugged and noted the town was owned by Railnut, and he had no idea what was going on. He basically dismissed me away as a loon. I eventually got back home and tried to find everything I could on what was happening in Bisson Rock, and I couldn't believe it. You cannot find the town on any search engine. It's like it was wiped from the internet. There's no evidence Sam or the town even existed. Please, help me. For some background, there's an app called Life360 where you can all add your friends and family on. And essentially, you all can see each other's current and past locations. You can set alerts to be notified when someone comes home or leaves, arrives for work etc. It's really good, and I recommend it to everyone. You can never be too safe nowadays. Two months ago, I was at home, waiting for my boyfriend to come home. I got an alert around 18 o'clock, letting me know that he has left for work. It usually took him around 45 minutes to get home. I got up from the sofa and headed upstairs to run myself a bath. My bath was ready in about 10 minutes. I was doing other bits as I was waiting for it to cool, when I heard a thud downstairs and through the closed bathroom door assumed that it was the front door, I shouted something along the lines of, I'm taking a bath. I heard him walking along our very creaky floorboards and soon he was in the kitchen grabbing some dinner. It was about 5 minutes later when I picked up my phone to put on some music I realized I never got an alert from my phone from Life360 saying my boyfriend arrived home. 
So I went into the app to make sure I didn't mess about the settings by accident, and I kid you not, my blood ran cold when I saw that my boyfriend had stopped at a patrol station and was still about half an hour away. I could still hear the floorboards creak downstairs very lightly, as if someone was trying to tiptoe but was unable to. I had no idea what to do, I called my boyfriend, he didn't answer, and when I didn't hear his phone ring from downstairs, I freaked out even more. I have horrible anxiety and could feel an attack coming on. I left the bathroom and walked into the bedroom as quietly as possible. I shoved my desk chair under the knob as I didn't have a lock. I don't know why, but I didn't think to just call the police then. I was so focused on getting out that all my other thoughts and senses just disappeared. I say this lightly now, but this was not the case in the moment. I proceeded to basically mission impossible it out of the bedroom. We had a shed under the window, large enough for me to safely get on top of it and then jump off from it into the garden. The only issue was that I had to make my way down the garden alley where I would have to walk past a large window and door where he would be able to see me very clearly. I was so, so scared and kept taking peeks into the window and couldn't see anyone. I felt more confident to run past and took one last peek and he was there looking right at me, not even a foot away from the window. I can't even begin to explain the sheer fear and horror I felt looking him right in the eyes. He had such a cold expression, totally emotionless. I ran and didn't look back, I was so freaking terrified. I remember nearly tripping in my slippers and having to shake them off so I could run faster. There's a long road between us and our neighbors where I was running to. I didn't make it, their lights were on and I started pounding on their window. I was let in and they called the police for me as I was inconsolable at that point. I kept telling them to please call my boyfriend as he was driving home too. When the police arrived, they found no one there. We didn't have any cameras and neither did my neighbors so we had no way of telling them when or how he entered and left. I found out later that he came through the window. The noise I heard, which I assumed was the door, was actually the window that fell downward and shut loudly after I assumed the man came in. There were also some scratches on the top of the chair that I pushed under the doorknob, signaling he had tried to push it open, but was unable to. That wasn't much of a case, I couldn't ID him, as he was wearing a face mask and beanie. I don't even know what color hair he had, only that he was white, tall, slim, and a man. I only looked right at him for a mere second of that, nothing was stolen either. We have cameras and security systems now, never making that mistake, ever, again. Thank you for listening to these stories for today. I hope you guys enjoyed these stories. Thank you to each and every Redditor who contributed to today's video. Once again, I hope you guys like this. And quick note before I end off for this video. um, Since it's Halloween, the spookiest month of them all. I will be uploading a lot more, or at least try to, so I hope you guys are ready for that, so yeah, 
I'll see you guys in the next story, and don't forget to sit back, relax, and indulge in fear.